Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition, where we draw from the words of Romans 1514 to encourage all Christians that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and director of the Biblical Counseling Coalition, Curtis Solomon. Welcome back to 1514. Thanks to those of you who are regular listeners or watchers on our Vimeo channel. Please be sure to share with others about the Biblical Counseling Coalition as well as 1514. Uh, we always grow best through word of mouth. So thank you so much for those of you who tell your friends and family about our ministry. Uh, today I have a guest with me who is a friend uh, who also happens to serve as associate pastor uh, at Rock, Harvest Bible Chapel in Rockford, Illinois. And more importantly, probably than any of that, he's married to our resource director, Aaron Joyner. Matt, so much for uh, joining me here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Curtis. So Matt, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today is because of your background in, in youth and children's ministry, and uh, also just really appreciate your ministry in a lot of levels. Matt's one of those guys who is super humble, but man, is also very courageous in, in leadership, seeing him take on some big challenges in churches at, at potential cost to himself, and just really appreciate that about you, brother. Um, but I, I want to talk to you about the work that you're doing to, well, to, to, to prepare children and families working with them uh, on the front end of things to help yeah. them be ready for life. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your current ministry roles first before we get into all that. Yeah. Uh, so I've been working with uh, youth and families for about 12 years, 13 years now. Um, my role uh, was youth pastor for about 12 of those years. Uh, but I just recently transitioned to Harvest Bible Chapel in Rockford, where my position changed to associate pastor um, which I'm d directly responsible for the children's ministry and the life group ministry at the church, uh, which I love because it's basically the discipleship of the church, uh, which we'll talk about probably later. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of a brief, brief overview. So great. And Matt, um, how did you, cause I know obviously your interest in biblical counseling. I know you've counseled people, uh, called me from time to time for some tips and input and what, whatnot, <laughs> but, uh, and I know you do a great job with that, but how did you first become affiliated with biblical counseling? Through Southern seminary, uh, in Louisville in my time there, I was there from 2007 to 2012. Uh, I also married Aaron who, uh, she was in the MA program when I met her and has always loved biblical counseling, but and always talked about um, her love of the studies of that subject and Dr. Scott and all that she was learning from him, which interests me. Um, and then taking his intro to biblical counseling class, and then also running into people like Steve Byers at conferences at Southern and learning about faith community and what they're doing in Lafayette. And uh, just made a mark on, on me and, and, uh, kind of set some directions and passions and goals for the future uh, of a, being in a local church and how they minister to the body of Christ, but also to the community um, through uh, uh, biblical soul care. So biblical counseling. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And I really appreciate it because I know you took that role seriously in your role as youth pastor. A lot of, a lot of times 
people think of youth pastors as just entertainers or glorified yeah. babysitters or other things like that, which if you, if it's done well, it's anything but that. And you've done well really bringing soul care to families and, and churches and, and to children. So, and youth, I really appreciate that. Um, what are, what are some of the challenges you um, have seen in particular with, with counseling children and youth? I think uh, probably the biggest challenge has been honestly getting into the conversation, uh, allowing uh, or getting parents to trust you uh, because there's not a, there's not a certificate at the end of my name or there's not a a degree at the end of my name that says I'm a certified counselor. Uh, And so I think we really like, I think about that question. um, I think we live in a world where, we're not professionals in the minds of, of the people in churches. And so they can't take their children to, to us uh, because they don't believe uh, in biblical counseling the way that, that I do uh, and the way that you do. And so there's this perception that I have to take them to the professionals. And so uh, honestly, I really think the biggest singular challenge that I've faced in my life is, with this is, is getting into the conversation, earning the trust of parents uh, to care for their child in their moments of need. Yeah. So when you're doing that, did you have the opportunity to kind of flesh out for people that, that soul care really, I mean, cause, cause it's interesting. People have this perception of what a pastor is or right. a youth pastor, right? And it, that role of counseling or providing guidance and soul care issues is it's completely separated from that. Right. Uh, did you find opportunities to, to help parents or families understand that that is part of the pastoral role? Yes. I would always have the conversations to say, well, you know, I never impose myself on anyone. I would never say you have to come to me, but I would always just say as a secondary way and a secondary measure, can I meet with your child and, and uh, just hear what they're learning and, and, and just try to tell them that, you know, uh, the most important thing in their life is their relationship with Christ. And so if they're learning things and hearing things from people that are leading them further away from Christ, they're not helping the problem. They're making it much, much worse. And so, and I would always just try to tell them, you know, that that is what counseling is, is it's making the gospel practical into the issues of life. And so I want to help their child think through uh, in a Christ-centered, gospel-centered way all that they're facing and obey Jesus in the midst of that, or, or use that as a way to, to share the gospel with a kid that I'm not sure is a Christian or not, and use that as a bridge of seeing their uh, inadequacies of dealing with the complexities of life and that they need the Savior and they need the Holy Spirit uh, uh, to guide them, to counsel them. They need the Word of God to direct them, to keep them from evil, uh, and to protect their steps. And so, yeah, I would use every opportunity I could to get my way into uh, shepherding the souls of the children in my care, but also the parents to try to get them to see um, that they're trying to outsource discipleship hmm. to someone who um, we don't know what they're going to hear just because they have a degree at the end of the, at their name and um, don't necessarily uh, trust what they're going to hear. So. Hmm. No, you mentioned the the importance of bringing in the parents or involving the parents in that, and and there's I think there's some times and yeah. So what how how would you involve parents in the process? Um, 
and any tips on, on maybe when to and when not to? Sure. Um, I would involve them in every step of the process, the beginning, the middle, the end. Um, and it, every situation though was different, um, that you had to approach it uniquely, but I would meet with the parents beforehand. Um, and, and when I say during, there would be some times that I would have the parents in with their child meeting with me, um, for certain reasons. Um, but there are some times that I had to ask the parent to leave, um, because they were, um, not allowing their child to speak for themselves, answering for them, uh, and, and not allowing me to get to understand their heart and, and where they're coming from and what's coming out of them. Um, and so, yeah, but if, if I, uh, would talk to them beforehand and then if serious things were arise, I would, I would meet with the parents over coffee or lunch and talk to them about what I see. And oftentimes it was gauging them uh, and asking them questions like, where do you think your child is? How do you think they're making progress or do you think they're regressing um, to see if their view of things matched mine uh, to see if, if, if I'm getting to getting to it. I, I've even had parents invite me into uh, their home during uh very serious conflict and, and crisis that I would just be a fly on the wall listening to the conversation uh, and then able to meet with all of them and try to help all of them and counsel them and just be in the room while an argument is happening mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and really see what their life is like, which was, which was helpful to give counsel to the child and, and, and also to the parents. Uh, so and then I would always, you know, resolve and meet with them at the very end of a counseling situation to give next steps and, and just talk it over. So no, that's really good. And it speaks a lot to the value of, of counseling being done in the context of the church because right. the relationship with the, the student or child as well as the parents is goes far beyond just this uh, sterile or formal come to my office and we'll counsel. It was all of life. And like you said, being in their home, that kind of thing, that that really provides a whole nother set of dynamics to which strengthen what you're doing in the counseling process. That's fantastic. So Matt, one of the, one of the other questions I wanted to talk to you about, one of the things I was excited to bring you on uh, and to discuss is that you're currently undertaking a big project really to guide your church through designing and implementing really intentional discipleship programs for the whole family. Uh, can you describe a little bit about what you're doing with that? Yeah. So a little bit of background on that. After 12 years of youth pastoring, uh, I would say about after nine years or so, I started to sound a trumpet at my church to say, we have a problem. You know, I'm receiving children when they're 11 years old. There's 11 years of parenting or uh, discipleship or non-discipleship happening within the home. And, you know, I'm forced to stand on hills on which to die and trying to help families change the culture of their home or or some character issues within their children. But really I was like, we have a parenting problem uh, from early on and we need to try to solve it and, and help ourselves 11 years from now before these kids get to middle school. And uh, it just, it started growing in my heart, that question. And I still have a a deep love for student ministry, but that's why I left it uh, to seek a position where I could influence parents from the beginning 
and really be a part of a church that not just me, but that really seeks to um, be intentional about discipleship within the home. Um, because I noticed that most of the godly kids that were in my ministry had godly parents. And mm-hmm. there were there were exceptions to that, of course. But uh, even the ones that were godly struggled deeply uh, with with basic things that didn't have parents to teach them the ways of the Lord and didn't grow up in a home where discipleship was cultivated. And so that's a challenge that they'll have to overcome in their life. And so uh, my ministry now is, uh, and we're, this is in formation right now, but we are going forward with this parent ministry in the fall where I'm trying to really um, acknowledge parents, train parents, uh, hold them accountable and encourage them and being the primary disciplers within their home. And um, what we're doing as a children's ministry is, is uh, developing a comprehensive discipleship plan that we have uh, year recommended goals for every age of a child's life until they're in fifth grade um, that of what we want the children to know about God, his character, his attributes, uh, what we want him, to, what we want them to know about God's word uh, by the time they're in fifth grade and, and what we want to know uh, what we want our children to know about the Bible applied practical life by the time they get to, to middle school. And so we're going to break those goals up uh, again from zero through age uh, 10 or 11, whenever they uh, finish fifth grade and then uh, communicate to the, those two parents and then resource uh, parents. We're going to all do this on our website and, and have resources for parents that are tied to those goals uh, on the page, but then we're also going to, we do the gospel project with the children, but we're also going to, in addition to that, during Sunday, the Sunday school hour, hours at our church, uh, during the children's ministry, we're going to uh, also bring in those goals that we set for each age group. And we're going to, we're going to talk about them during a Sunday morning. And, and really um, we want to do it after the parents have done it. So we want to, even in subtle ways, tell parents, you're the primary uh, disciples of your kids, and we just want to uh, uh, come alongside you and reinforce those. This isn't what we're making mandatory for our parents. This is something for parents, if they don't know what to do, if they don't know where to turn, uh, we will have a plan for you and, uh, and, and things for you to attain. And so even on the website, we're just going to tell uh, – the parents comprehensively what we're after so they can tailor and make their own plan if they want to. But, uh, but the information that, and it's not just me creating it. I've brought in parents, uh, alongside me that I really have grown to love and respect and they're helping me, uh, especially when it comes to what is the appropriate age to bring up these concepts to children. Cause I am a parent, but of a three-year-old and a, and a, a five-month-old, and so I haven't had to deal a lot with uh, what is the appropriate time to bring these concepts to children uh, into their minds. And so, yeah, it's it's just uh, it sounds complicated, but it's really simple. Just choosing what our kids, what we want our kids to know about God, His Word, and life, and making those breaking those down into small goals, and letting parents know what they are, and work together. Um, and I'm also bringing the youth pastor along with me and he's working, uh, on this for the four years that, or the seven years that he has them through junior high and high school and working with parents to do the same thing through, through. So, um, 
that's in a nutshell what what I'm working on right now. In our no, it's really yeah, that's really great because I think one of the things that I loved about what you're doing is that it it strikes a kind of a middle road between the two extremes that often exist in the church where where because like you said, the Bible's really clear the primary disciplers of our children right. are parents. That's right. I think what, what ends up happening oftentimes is that the church says, okay, the primary responsibility is the parents, so we're not going to actively guide discipleship because that's their job. And then the other extreme is parents are like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to give it to the church because right. that's their job. And churches are really excited about discipleship, excited about training kids. So they're like, sure, we'll do it. And, yeah. and you're really uh, intentional about coming alongside parents Mm -hmm. Uh, equipping them and bolstering them, encouraging them, and then also pushing them forward as, and keep reminding them that they are the primary disciplers. Uh, That's really good. So I'm excited to see how this, how this rolls out. And I know other churches think along these lines, but I just wanted to get it, that concept out there. And I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see um, what you guys are coming up with too. Um, How, how do you, I mean, what are some of the ways that you have in your own experience, tried to strike that balance. I know you mentioned a couple ideas of, of constantly reminding the parents, you know, having the parents put forward that idea to their kids first before you do, but what are some other things that you do to keep yourself from taking over the discipleship uh, component for the kids? Yeah, that's something I wrestle with all the time is how to, is how to really um, help parents see. And so I really, it comes out of me in every meeting that I have, uh, when, when it comes to either with parents or like corporately where I have my harvest kids workers, that's our children's ministry name. You know, I'm always talking about the parents being primary and us coming alongside. And also, you know, when, when my pastor gave me a chance to preach, uh, and didn't give me a topic, uh, I was able to speak on whatever I wanted. This was my topic, uh, Psalm 78 and how to raise the next generation, um, for, for, for the faith in the faith and really pass along and, and, uh, to the parents and, and telling them how, uh, obviously using Deuteronomy six a lot as well and telling parents they are primary. And so it's coming out of me all the time. It's coming out of my pastor all the time, but also in every meeting that I have, um, with parents, uh, I'm always asking them, what are they doing to disciple their children? Uh, that's always going to come out of me. And that's why I love my dual role as, as life group pastor, as well as the children's uh, pastors is uh, it's, it's a, it's a topic in our life groups as well. When they're in smaller communities, uh, this is a priority from me as I'm training my life group leaders um, that they're asking what are, what are parents doing uh, to raise their children uh, for the Lord and, and to disciple them. And so um, yeah. And so it, it's going to take time for it to, I really, it was already in the culture before I got here, but it's going to take time for it to really, uh, I'm just going to keep sounding the trumpet for people to realize. Um, and so again, I'm going to acknowledge them as much as I can, uh, as the primary disciplers, I'm going to train them. Um, and I'm going to, uh, hold them accountable to, uh, to doing this as much as I can, not just me, but, life group leaders as well. Yeah, that's really good. It's important because a lot of times those, those 
questions of how do I actually, when you, the rubber meets the road in parenting is going to come up in life groups or small groups, community groups, whatever your church calls them. I uh, think about our own church because you'll see people on Sunday morning and the pastor can say, yeah, that, that maybe that family's struggling because that kid's, you know, running around and scribbling sure. on the walls during service or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but the, when you're together meeting regularly in somebody's house, you can see, Holy cow, like this, this right. is an amazing home. These kids are really well behaved and, and, loving the Lord and whatever. And then you go to, you have other families that just are struggling a little bit more. And, and then the conversations come up like, Oh man, my kids are, uh, riding on walls every day and I don't know how to stop them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that that's where those conversations will take place. So that's good. Mm-hmm. It's uh, in, encouraging. Yeah. Um, one, one of the key elements that you mentioned, kind of this threefold, what do we want our kids to know about God? What do we want to know kids, kids to know about his word? And what do, how do, what do we want to, them to know about applying his word? Um, yeah. Applied theology, applied Bible. I mean, that is biblical counseling. That's what we do. What are some of the ways that, or some of the things, maybe particular topics that you're trying to incorporate in that program for along those lines? Yeah, I, uh, that's a great question. I, um, have wrote down all of my thoughts on those, but also I just had a meeting with parents and, uh, and had these same conversations. What do we want our kids to know about God? What do we want to know our kids to know about the Bible? What do we, what are the practical life applications we want our children uh, to know the Bible applied before they get to middle school, which is an interesting question because uh, really children's ministry is, is based a lot on learning like knowledge. And uh, yes, they are forced to apply every day, but really when they get to junior high and high school, this is really the age of life where, um, you know, trials and temptations and the light bulbs are continually coming on where they're realizing uh, more and more about who the Lord is and, 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 and how difficult life is. But um, we're still going to, there's a, there's a quote by, by uh, Kathy Keller that uh, I live by in my ministry a lot. It says, you are laying the kindling and the logs in the fireplace so that when the spark of the Holy Spirit ignites your child's heart, there will be a steady, mature blaze. And so there are, uh, and and so I, I say that quote all the time to parents, to my workers to say, we still have to communicate this information, how they apply it so that when the, the Holy Spirit does, um, ignite them, that there's something there to burn. And so some of the things that we want them to know, even with my own daughter, are things like race. And she's three. And there's there are books out there um, that I'm already reading to, to my daughter, Ezra, to teach her that God made all people and all people are made in his image. Uh, and, and for her to, uh, you know, I think that's been an issue forever. Uh, it's definitely one that's raging right now. And I want her to, to know uh, that God made all races and Jesus is after the nations and that we're one family in Jesus Christ and, and how the fall breaks that. And so I'm already, you know, and I'm going to recommend uh, books like that to, to the parents of young children. Uh, I'm also reading books. Um, God made all of me is one of them is, is, um, something I'm reading to Ezra already, which is, 
letting her know and safeguarding her from abuse and letting her teaching her about her private parts and, and not to be, and to even start cultivating that relationship with, with her that she can talk to us about these things, but also preparing her for the world out there that know that there are dangers and people that will try to, um, do bad things if we let them and, and, uh, it's okay to come talk to us. You won't be in trouble. If, if this happens, you need to trust mommy and daddy to tell you. So race and private parts, safeguarding technology and how to use that, um, and how not to use that, um, obedience, friendships, modesty, character traits, giving the value of work, the mission of Jesus Christ. Um, something I'm passionate about, um, is, is not just protecting our children and isolating them from the world, but Jesus has not just called us to be pure, but he's called us to be light and to penetrate this world with the gospel. And so we can't just protect our kids from the world and then expect them to, to be able to uh, be missionaries in this world. And that's a fine balance because we don't want to overexpose our children to things and, and potentially set them up for failure and danger. But we also were preparing missionaries for Jesus Christ to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ in the, in his kingdom in the world. And, and that's what we're trying to prepare in our children is, is we're trying to play the, place these logs of knowledge of who God is and the word so that they can apply it in holiness, in a dark world that they will be exposed to, whether we do it or whether we bring these concepts up to them or not, they will um, be exposed to the evils of our world. And so let's prepare them. Let's do a good job of shepherding them, uh, not only for personal holiness, but for missionary purposes, uh, wherever we are in the world. And so there's a whole huge list of them that yeah. you guys would come up with as well. Yeah. Uh, all the topics that, that uh, we want our children to, to think about. Well, I think it's important to see and to point out the fact that you're grounding that in the Bible applied. And when we really are showing yeah. kids like the Bible addresses things like race, the Bible addresses things like modesty and, and taking care of my body and that God created my body and it's created mm-hmm. for a purpose and those things. Right. Because the reality is the world is going to want our kids to know those things too. The world wants, and, and you get, you can get secular training on how to teach your kids to avoid abusive situations. But when we ground it in scripture, it, it also promotes the idea that man, the answers to life come from God's word. The best answers for life are going to come from God's word. And, and it helps them to develop that understanding and, and really seeing the Bible in a more holistic way that it's not just a list of do's and don'ts and, and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah. And yeah. And I, I also, I kind of, I like to push back against developmental psychology in a, in a sense. And I, cause I think sometimes a church, we handicap ourselves if we adopt these really hard, fast categories of children from this age to this age can only learn facts. They can't deal in abstracts. They just learn hard fact facts. And it's like, well, yeah. Is thankfulness an abstract idea? Well, right. Exactly. But we can't like our kids are not going to, they're not going to learn it unless we're teaching them that. And even like we saw parents mimic this for us and we've adopted it, like teaching your kids how to have a conversation or sit through a conversation and not interrupt. Like they're, if you wait until they're 14 to start talking about these things too late, you've missed a lot of opportunities. So yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And and, uh, we're running out of time, but we talked about the idea of preventative counsel in a sense that, um, 
And you, you mentioned that, like you're preparing kids to face the difficulties and trials of lives. And I really appreciate that too, because it's, yeah, biblical counsel and, and guidance for children is more than just keep teaching them to avoid sin, right. it's preparing them for life and to be disciples and to be image bearers of God. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, well, Matt, um, any, any other kind of concluding thoughts as we wrap up this time? I know I could, we could probably talk for a lot longer on this topic, but anything else you wanted to particularly share? Yeah. I, I think that when working with children, I, I, I was thinking about this when you said this, and that's why I think the Kathy Keller quote is so powerful because um, a lot of our children are not saved uh, at an early age. God saves children all the time, but we can't use that as an excuse to not teach them the ways of the Lord and, and expect them to, to have character traits, to, to require obedience and discipline um, in things and, and just to have ha- our hands off. We need to have goals and targets for our kids. And I feel like too many parents just are doing really good things and expecting and, and trusting the Lord and doing their very best to, to raise their children. But we really need to think through what are the exact things we want our children to know about God, about his word and about life and to develop a plan for our own children. Um, because the next generation is worth it. And, and, and it's not just the next generation, it's the worship of God that we want as the people of God to continue. We, we, um, we want the glory of God to be seen and savored and enjoyed in our children. And, and we need to trust the Holy Spirit. This is not formulaic that we, we do and God blesses, but that we, we're on our knees. Uh, this, this whole process, um, when thinking about it, um, really is only by the power of the Holy Spirit does this happen. But God uses our work. And um, we really need to have specific goals and targets. And, and, uh, and, that's, and that this undergirds, uh, this goes without saying, I hope, but this undergirds daily shepherding. Yeah. You know, this doesn't replace the daily shepherding that, that goes on in parenting. That has to be there, learning how to, to deal with the hard issues of your children on a daily basis. But underneath all of that, let's have targets that we're aiming for. Uh, for our children to help them, uh, to, to know, um, the Lord. Yeah, no, I think that's good. It's a good word and word that keeps coming up in a lot of different veins in life that people use is intentionality, uh, and wanting to be intentional because the reality is our kids are aging and they're going to continue to age. Right. Question is whether or not we're, we're intentional. We're in, we're purposeful in how we're shaping those years that are passing by, whether we're, whether or not we are doing something. So let's, let's maximize them. And so having those targets is really helpful. And just, one, again, more, and just one more thing, if that's sure, okay. Sure. Uh, and if you're a pastor out there hearing this and wanting to do something like this, uh, don't do it separate from your senior pastor hmm. um, and from your elders because um, it won't go anywhere. Uh, and so my pastor and I have been in lockstep talking about this, uh, for ever since I got here, before I even got here, he knew that this was in my heart to do. Um, and he was all for it. And so, um, help yourself out before you develop this, this plan and, and, and try to implement it, talk to your pastor, work together with him, because that will make the greatest impact, uh, for your church. You don't want to go out of step with where he wants to go with family discipleship. So, 
No, that's a good, a good word. Well, Matt, again, we could talk about this for a lot longer, but, uh, I try to keep this limited to my runtime. So (laughs) thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, Matt, I almost forgot there for a second, two minutes, the last two minutes of our conversation is reserved for two minute favorites. We can get to know you a little bit more. I was so excited about what we were talking about. I just kind of let time get out of of control. So are you ready for your uh, two minutes of sharing what you love? I hope I know what I like. All right. Sounds good. Let's start the timer. So what is your favorite food? Steak. That's easy. All right. Favorite gift ever received? A picture from my wife of uh, my dad and I sitting at Bush Stadium. Uh, she she bought that, and it was actually the last time I had ever spent time with my dad on earth was at Bush Stadium, and she was buying that picture at the exact time that we were there of wow. us. So, yeah. That's really cool. Favorite gift ever given? Um, Wait, did I gave someone? Yep. Oh man. Pass. I don't know. All right. Your favorite word. Favorite word. This is hard. I thought this was <laughs> going to be easy. Um, my favorite word. Oh man. All right. I'll give you a couple of easy ones. Yeah. Warm me favorite, up here. Come favorite on. Color. Favorite color. Green. Green. Favorite yes. sport. Baseball. Yeah. Why didn't you start with these? Favorite this sports team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, St. Louis Cardinals, without a doubt. All right. Favorite candy? Snickers. Favorite Bible verse? Uh, Galatians 2.20. Favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, Grater's Black Raspberry Chip. If you all don't know, you don't know, and you need to know. Yeah. All right. If you had one superpower, what superpower would you choose? Time travel. All right. Uh, go back to favorite word. Uh, you know, someone sent me a text today with the word conundrum and I actually said, that's a really fun word. And so I'm just going to use conundrum. All right. How about least favorite word? Moist. (laughs) Favorite book of the Bible. Favorite book of the Bible. That is a very difficult question. Um, I'll just say the gospel of Luke, but I don't, I would have to think about that more. The whole thing is good, right? All right, brother. That, that, question. that did it's wrap one up. Book. It's one book, Curtis. <laughs> one book. All right, brother. Well, thanks so much again for being with us. All right. Thanks, Curtis. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to know more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, please visit our website at biblicalcc.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at biblicalcc or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash biblicalcounselingcoalition. Thanks again for listening.